0: On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win against the Toronto Raptors, playing the same game they've been playing. Can they keep that up? How does Luka Doncic keep making it look so easy? And Spencer Dinwiddie has some choice words for Tony Brothers' choice words that he used against him. We'll talk about what all that means and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavs. Lockdown
1: I don't believe you shouldn't be here. <laughs> and,
0: and welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engsted, media member and NBA channel manager of the Locked On Podcast Network. Letting it ride on a Friday night. Oh yeah, the Dallas Mavericks get the win. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every day and every post game. Remember, Lockdown Maps is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know what stood out to you in the win. What did you think about Spencer Dinwiddie's comments? Do you agree with Spencer Dinwiddie? Maybe let's do that. Do you agree with Spencer Dinwiddie? Let me know. Do you agree? All right, we will get into this show. Is there anything to talk about,
1: though?
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, the Dallas Mavericks get a win. It's a great win, 111 to 110. Isaac is out. Luka Doncic, another game where he scores 35 points, making it look easy again. Maybe his most efficient game of the season. Um, but I, th- I, th- I think we got to start with Spencer Dinwiddie because this was wild. So, the game goes on. Third quarter happens, and there's some calls going back and forth. I think I even wrote in my notes. I think I even wrote in my notes of the game, oh, the Mavericks just got a really nice, like a really, like a call that went their way, basically. Like, oh, the Mavericks have been benefiting from a call, a very favorable, I wrote, Mavs getting a very favorable whistle on a few plays after a bad take foul. Luka gets called for a take foul with 11-11 left in the third quarter. The Mavs get a couple of calls in their favor, it seems. And then all of a sudden, it just started a landslide of calls on the on that went against the Dallas Mavericks. Couple of Spencer Dinwiddie offensive fouls that were just him kind of driving in, and an arm gets caught between his arm, and you call it for an offensive foul two times in a row. Tim Hardaway got called for a, a, a charge, and then they challenged it, and then Spencer Dinwiddie gets called for a technical, and it didn't seem like a big deal in real time, at least away from the play where I was sitting. Didn't seem like a big deal. But Spencer Dinwiddie gets called for the technical and after the game, I w- started walking to the tunnel. So I'm going through the bowels of the AAC and all of a sudden, I'm walking with Tim Cato and I we just point and Tim Cato points in front of me and was like, "What's Dinwiddie? Where's Dinwiddie going?" Dinwiddie no socks, no shoes. <laughs> like he just left the locker room. Is walking with one of the PR staff Towards the interview room, which is also towards the visitor, visiting team lo- locker room. So I was like, he's either going to go say hi to somebody that he knows on the other team, or he's really rushing to go over to the media room. Turns out it was the, this was the latter, it was the second part. He really wanted to go to the media room and get something off his chest, specifically about Tony Brothers, the referee. Now, if you followed the NBA for a long time, you know Tony Brothers. He's a referee that, you know, he's like... He, a lot of good things have been said about him by coaches and other referees and sometimes players and all kinds of stuff. But then there's a lot of bad stuff that's been said about Tony Brothers by fans and players and all kinds of different things. And he sure seems to like to throw out some techs. He was really throwing out some techs in this game. Nick Nurse got one. The Raptors coach got one early. Luka got his second tech of the year on one that he definitely deserved. Tony Brothers didn't give it to him, but Tony Brothers called the foul that Luca objected to and then started yapping and yapping and and into the timeout Luca was just like like barking and barking at this other ref. And the other ref was like I got to call a tech on you. He's just out of control and he was. And he, he earned that one. Luca earned that tech. So Luca gets called for a tech. Didn't win, he gets called for one. Nick Nurse got called for one. And so Tony Brothers is now like is is a notorious ref in the NBA. I don't know if it's a, I don't know what side of it you're on. Probably, probably anti because I think most fans are anti all reps, basically. But Spencer Dinwiddie has an opinion, apparently, because he came into the media room. He sits down at the, the press room table. It's the one that you see on Bally Sports or the Mavs.com. Like they put the videos out. And he's like, All right, I started monologuing yesterday or last game about Dwight Powell. And since you guys like that monologue so much, I got another one for you today. And as soon as he said that, I thought, all right, I gotta get, I gotta get my phone out and I gotta record this because it's either gonna be a really cool thing about a player, or it's gonna be something that I'm gonna want to put up like immediately. It turns out it was the latter. So let's hear from Spencer Dinwiddie. I had to bleep a couple of things, but uh, I think you'll get the gist of it. This is Spencer Dinwiddie talking about Tony Brothers. He's talking about Tony Brothers giving him the technical foul and like pleading with the league to take to give him his money back. Players get fined every single time they get a technical. And uh, here's Spencer Dinwiddie.
1: ...for what uh, seemed to keep him irate, which was a clap. I think he thought it was uh, disrespectful. Um, if you watch the games, and I know that's what refs are supposed to do, you see I, I clapped to like get the attention of my teammates, things of that nature. So it was nothing personal. Um, so as a man, I would like to say I'm sorry first and foremost. And secondarily, I would like to say not only would I like my money back, but I would like to not be called a bitch ass to my teammates. So if there is anybody that feels that way about me, not name any names, they can address me personally, face to face, because no uh, swear words were used in the direction of anybody um, personally. It was like, hey, that wasn't a take foul, or not, that wasn't a take foul, or something like that, but it wasn't <laughs> anything that was uh, personal. Um, so, NBA, I would definitely like my money back, and I appreciate no fine at all in uh, this monologue thank
0: you <laughs> so Dinwiddie's whole thing in there is that I don't know what was getting under t- Tony Brothers skin I don't know what was what was uh, I don't know I guess putting his underwear in a bunch or whatever you want whatever you want to say whatever phrase Isaac would come up with that was different those two phrases mashed together I don't know what was making Tony Brothers irate but all I did Suspense Dinwiddie talk all I did was clap all I did was clap and sometimes I clap just to get my teammates involved sometimes I clap because I'm frustrated. It you know, there wasn't any ill intention behind it. So I would like to get my technical rescinded. That's basically what Spencer Dinwiddie's whole thing was, was I would like to get my my technical rescinded. I would not want to, I don't want to pay the money. because uh, It's probably tied up in Bitcoin or whatever else it's tied up in for Dinwiddie. I would like my money back from the fine. And a lot of times technicals do get rescinded. But He's like, I would like to get that rescinded and I would not, you know, and then also he's like, I would like to not be called, a B-A-M-F. <laughs> oh, wait, that's a different That's a different one. Uh, I guess that, that, that acronym has two different meanings, I guess. Uh, but I would like to not be called those words in front of my teammates by the referees. There's been a whole thing to start this season about referees and players and how they're supposed to be more cordial with each other and how it's all supposed to be a little bit more... Um, toned down. They've been really tough on certain things early in the season. Techs have been flying a little bit uh, easier, I think, so far this season. And there's this whole thing that they did, Luca talked about it a couple couple weeks ago, where referees came and talked to them about the rules and talked tried to get some kind of understanding between the two parties. Because it seemed like last year, tensions were at an all-time high between referees and players. There's this disconnect between, I never get calls, and these calls called against me are wrong. You know, like all, like that whole thing where you never think you've done anything wrong as a player. And the tensions are at an all-time high. So Spencer Dinwiddie making his piece known about that. And this can go one or two ways for the Mavs. Dinwiddie could get his tech rescinded. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to probably have to pay more money for talking about referees like this. Although, Tony Brothers calling... Spencer Dinwiddie, that, is probably going to be frowned upon with the league as well. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. There's always going to be this thing in the back of our minds, though. In the back of your mind, probably. If it's a Tony Brothers game, you're going to be like, every call that's anti-Mavs, you're going to start thinking about this monologue again and start thinking about, is he doing that just because of Spencer Dinwiddie's monologue? Is this going to have an adverse effect on the Mavericks? And we won't know that. We won't know the answer to that until a game happens or until, you know, Whatever, if the league decides to do anything, the league did not decide to respond. They usually respond to um, referee-type situations or rule calls during a game with a pool reporter, and the NBA decided not to do that with this one. They said, we don't have to do it, so we're not going to do it. And so they didn't, so we won't hear from the league until probably Monday when they go back in the office. But fascinating from Spencer Dinwiddie, another monologue from him. I'm enjoying his monologues, really. I really do enjoy his monologues, and I hope you do as well. Uh, but coming up, let's talk about Luca. Let's talk about this game because the Mavericks play the same exact game. The same game we've been seeing for seven out of their eight games now. Can they keep it up? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is a place where you can go check out some uh, some fun games that you can play during NBA games. You don't have to play against all these professionals and all these guys that just sit there with their algorithms and their smartness and they just win every single time, right? You can go to Price Picks right now. You can pick the over-under for three to five, two to five players. So let's say the Magic are playing the Sacramento Kings on Saturday. That's a fun one. Palo Benquero, 21 and a half over-under on his points. I'm going to go over on that. Franz Wagner, 18 and a half. I'm, actually, Wendell Carter. I'm going to go under on Wendell Carter, 16 points. If I put down 20 bucks on that, I can win 60. If I put down 100 bucks, I can win 300 bucks on that play, if I do it, I can also combine it with World Series stuff. I can combine it with NFL stuff. So go check it out. It's Prize Picks. It's uh, you can use the promo code Locked On to get a hundred percent deposit match. Use the promo code Locked On. All right, Isaac. Oh boy, Spencer Dinwiddie got me all fired up. This Mavericks game was the exact same game we've seen from them for seven out of their eight games so far. The Mavericks have played eight games. They're five and three. They've got a good record now. They've won three straight. They won, They had the one game against the Grizzlies where they just blew the doors off of them. Grizzlies come in. They're tired. Second night of back-to-back. Traveling both days. Missing guys. you know, th- Missing essentially three starters. And the Mavericks just blow them out. Home opener for the Mavs. Great win. And then... They've had all these other games where, at some point, and it's been true in every single game, they get a fourth quarter lead. They've had fourth quarter leads in every single game this season. They have a they go into the fourth quarter with a fifteen point lead. They enter the fourth quarter up uh, uh, ninety six to eighty one. So I guess it, it tech, yeah they had a yeah they have fifteen point lead going into the fourth quarter, and it just dwindles down all the way. All the way to one at one point. Like, just the same thing every single game, it feels like. Dwindled down to two, I guess. It didn't it never got to one. The Mavericks have played this same game where they get this lead in the fourth quarter and they blow it all the way down. And then, eventually, they'll either... It comes down to the end. A couple of plays here and there. They go to overtime against some teams. They lose some. They win some. And here we are with this Mavericks team. What is going on in these third quarter, fourth quarters where the Mavericks can't keep a lead, basically? And it was strange in this one because we've seen this lineup of Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green, Maxie, and Christian Wood. We've seen that lineup do well, but they started the 15 point lead. And by the time uh, Luca was about to check back in, it was only a six point lead. So it went down. And then Luca checks back in. The, the Raptors had gone on an 11 to 2 run at that point. I, I got questions about that lineup. We've seen it do good things, we've seen it struggle. And it comes down to, like, they just couldn't score at certain times. And this Raptors team is really tough. They're top five in both defense and offense. They've got all these wings. The Raptors in this game were missing um, Fred Van Vliet, who's, like, they're literally their only guard on the roster. Like, think about their whole roster and who played tonight. I guess you can count Gary Trent as a guard, but he's not really handling the ball too much. They didn't have him bring up the ball too often. Like, their only guard was Fred Van Vliet, and he was out. So they got all these switchable wings. They can literally switch one to five because of the size of all the guys out there. Makes it really tough to score against them. They also won on every single one of the margins. Every margin that there was, the Raptors won in this game. Um, Eventually, the Mavericks caught them and tied in points in the paint, 48 to 50. But second chance points. The Raptors had 25. The Mavs only got 10. And uh, rebounds. The Raptors, now you guys love Isaac's whole rebounds thing. Raptors had 44 rebounds, the Mavericks had 31. So the Mavericks won the game, and they lost the rebounding battle by 13. What I care about is that the Raptors had 18 offensive rebounds, and the Mavericks had 6. The, the Raptors had 18 offensive rebounds, and the Mavs had 25 defensive rebounds. Like the, the Mavericks almost had the same number of defensive rebounds as the Raptors got on their end. That's not You're not going to win on the margins on that. Like You're, you're not going to win a lot of games if that's what it is if that's what it comes down to. Luckily, the Mavericks hit 12 threes, and Luka was on another level, and they just got a couple of key stops and key plays late. But you're not going to win a bunch of games when it's, when you're getting out-rebounded like that. And that's just the way that this Raptors team is. They threw a bunch of different defenses at the Mavericks. They tried a bunch of different things, and they've just got all these guys with long arms, like seven foot and plus wingspan that are just out there, causing chaos and trying a bunch of stuff. And so the Mavericks eventually they come down to the end, and Luca comes back in. They go on, they like they hold on to the lead like as tight as they possibly can until it dwindles down to four, then two, then a couple of tense, chaotic things happen late. Dwight Powell gets an offensive rebound, which is huge. Dorian gets an offensive rebound late, which is huge. They're just dwindling the clock down. Uh, A couple of fouls late as well, where the Mavericks go to the free throw line. Luca splits his. Dinwiddie hits two of his. And then the Mavericks end up winning the game and they hold on to win. Hopefully, I think it was Mavericks. Three, I think it was either Raptors or Mavericks by three and a half, uh, the spread on Bet Online. And uh, OG and Nobi hits a three right at the buzzer to make it 111 to 110 Mavericks. So hopefully, you didn't have the Mavericks on the line there, which would have been a, a really bad beat for you with that last second OG and Nobi three. But the Mavericks have played this exact same game. Like, how can they stop playing this game? And how they stop playing this game is like you got to get some defense. You got to get this game, is was weird. You got to get some offense from some of these guys. Usually we're saying they got to get stops. They got to get, and yeah, they, I guess they got to get stops too. But they just couldn't score in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks scored what, 15 points in the fourth quarter? They only allowed the Raptors to score 29. That's about on par with the rest of the game 29 in the first quarter, 28, 24 in the third quarter, where their defense was really clicking. And then 29 in the fourth. The Mavericks just couldn't keep up their scoring. They were scoring at a really great pace. 31, 31, 34. And then 15. It just stopped. It just all stopped for them. And if you look at some of the shots they took in the fourth quarter. Let's see. They, had, they were one of eight from three. Luka Doncic hit the only three. And it was pretty late too. It was a step back three. That was a really one that they really needed. But. Dinwiddie missed two of his threes. Bullock missed two of his threes. Dorian missed a three. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. missed his two shots that he took. They had the situation where there was the two offensive fouls in a row. The, the, uh, and then the, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s offensive foul that was challenged, it wasn't good. Christian Wood was the only guy in the fourth quarter that was really showing up, actually. Christian Wood, I thought, had some had some decent moments. He had a drive and an he had an alley-oop to Maxi that I thought was an incredible play. Uh, and then I guess in the third quarter he did more of his damage. But uh, Christian Wood gets, then gets benched. Seems like he was a little frustrated going to the bench. It's just going to keep happening. They're, they're not going to trust him towards the end of these games. They want to go with their starters. Dwight was great in this game. They needed a guy like Dwight in this game. And let's talk about that. Dwight Powell starts instead of JaVale McGee. And JaVale McGee only ends up playing... Uh, one run of four minutes he only plays one rotation, and Dwight Powell plays twenty six minutes he was a plus eight in his minutes that he played um, he only got two rebounds he hit he had you know three of his six shots around the rim, but he had a couple of just really good plays and the Mavericks defense is just better when someone knows where they're supposed to be and can move and Dwight can move it was just visible that it was just better more fluid and in that third quarter. You can just feel the Mavericks' defense. And some of it is because Fred VanVleet is not playing for the Raptors and because um, uh, Pascal Siakam was limited at times and he ends up leaving the game in the fourth quarter because of a, an ankle or a foot or some kind of lower body injury. But in the third quarter, you can tell the Mavericks, like the rhythm, you, they, we talk about the rhythm of offenses a lot, but I felt like the rhythm of their defense really got on on point in the third quarter. And they only allowed 24 points. Which is which was solid for them, but felt like they were really playing well as a team at that point. Luca was making defensive stops. Luca had three steals and a block just in the third quarter alone. Like he was making some really good plays. He was in the right spots. So you could tell that he had been either called out or called himself out for his defense, and uh, really stepped up in that moment. Mavericks had five steals in that quarter. Dinwiddie had another steal. Uh, Christian Wood had another steal where he gets the steal and he goes down to the other end and dunks it. It was an incredible play for him. Caught, forced a timeout on the Raptors. And, uh, yeah, the, the Mavericks, their defense finally got a little bit on, on on the same page, which is good. But they ended up still being about, about where they are defensively, even with the Raptors missing, Siakam for the end of the game, and Fred VanVleet for the whole game, which says something about the Mavericks' defense. Luka, though, I... <laughs> What do you say? Eight straight games, 30-plus points to start the season. The only players to ever do that are Luka Doncic and Wilt Chamberlain. And Luka did this in incredibly efficient fashion. 10 of 15 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. He said, he said after the game, I hit 50% of my threes, which is like the best day ever for me. <laughs> that was his words. And then 12 of 14 from the free throw line. One of the only free throws he missed was that one late, which kind of stinks. And then a technical he missed earlier in the game. But he hits 12 free throws, huge, six assists for him. And this Raptors team, God love them. Whatever God they serve in (laughs) in Toronto, in Canada. Mooses love him. He was splitting all kinds of different defenses. They tried all kinds of, I saw Mike Prada tweet this out. Luka Doncic was making it look easy. They tried drop, level, peel switching, next thing, trapping on the side, a bit of normal switching, trapping high, trapping isos, trapping, trapping with exaggerated nail help, and then praying, and nothing mattered with Luka. All those different types of defenses. Nick Nurse just kept throwing out stuff. He's like, I'm just going to keep throwing things at the wall and just try to cause chaos. If you ever watch Ted Lasso, if you ever watch Ted Lasso, it's the last game of the of, of season one, and they're like, all right, We're going to go play against Man City and we're going to drop the chaos hammer on them. We're going to try all these trick plays and they start throwing out trick plays. Loki's Toboggan and the Sandman and Lasso Special. And they start throwing out, and they're mostly offensive plays, but they just start throwing out all these plays just to try and cause chaos because they knew we're not as talented as that team on the other side. Raptors are like, we're not as, we can't stop Luka. We're not as good as Luka on the other side. So let's just try and throw as much chaos as possible. And not one defensive thing is going to beat him because he can just. He can break any defense, especially the way he's playing right now. He just can split traps. He can split double teams. He can get a pass out. The pass a couple of games ago where he's on the baseline, there's three, I think it was the, there's three players around him, three defenders around him, and he somehow gets the ball right to Christian Wood under the rim like he, where, right where he needs it. He's just on a different level right now as a player. And the Raptors tried as much as they could with all those wings. O.G. Anobi, Scotty Barnes is on him a lot. They tried Precious on him. They tried Pascal a little bit on him. They had Christian Coloco, like, like hovering around him. Uh, Boucher with his long arms around him, too. Otto Porter at times. Like, they just tried every wing. Like, li- like, listen to those guys. It's like all these defensive wings that you would think would be really good on Luka. But we've seen this story before with the Clippers. The Clippers in the playoffs—they tried all this stuff, and you just can't do the same thing twice against Luca. And apparently, you can't just you just can't do anything against Luca, which is fine. He had one where two Raptors players came up to trap him on the sideline, right in front of the Mavs bench, and one player to, so there's two players, one to Luca's left and one to his right. They come up together to try and trap Luca, and the player on the right side drifted a little too far and so there was space between the two players and Luca was able to dribble the ball behind his back while spinning spin through the trap and get through and then I think he kicked it over to Tim Hardaway and Tim Hardaway hit a three right in front of the Mavs bench (laughs) it was insane Jason Kidd just like couldn't believe that play afterwards he's like I couldn't believe that he did that Luca like, kind of surprised himself. He even t- said that. Callie Kaplan asked him if, you know, do you still surprise yourself with some of that stuff? And he said, I-, I-, I did. Like, I did surprise myself on that play specifically. An incredible play from him. He had another play late that you've probably seen on Twitter by now or wherever highlights you're watching. Where he, <laughs> Precious is guarding him. <laughs> Precious is like this 6'9", uber athlete that, like, has a quick twitch that is, like, supposed to be able to switch really well against these bigger guards. And Luca goes between his legs and back and forth and back and forth and herky jerky and like eight or nine times. And then as he's fallen away with it with the knee up, I kick my Luca knee up. He hits the shot. Tim McMahon asked him after the game if he could see the rim. And he didn't really answer the question, but I don't think he did. I don't think he could see the rim from where he was. He just chucked the ball up and it went in. It was just an incredible play and He's just making it look easy. He's doing so much stuff right now that's working. Other thoughts on this game. Talked about Dwight Powell. Spencer Dinwiddie was great. For all the talk about the referee stuff, I thought this was his best game of the season so far. He had 21 points. He had seven assists, which is huge. Two steals. He only had two turnovers, which are huge. He hit three threes. Um, eight of 17 from the field. He only went to the free throw line two times. Right after he, he did that whole monologue. He, I, I asked him, um, you know, your free throw rate is the lowest of your career. Do you think that's more about the way that you've been taking contact, or do you think more about it's about the calls you're getting? And uh, you can, you can, you can guess which answer he gave. He said, you know, it's a, am I getting in the paint the same amount of times I'm getting that I was in Brooklyn or in somewhere else? And we talked about this yesterday. He's got to get to the free throw line more. And to his defense, you know, he says that he's still getting in the paint the same amount of times he would. In Brooklyn or, in, or, you know, in some of these other places that he's played. And there he, a, he averaged like five, seven, you know, like free throw attempts a game. His free throw rate is, was a little bit higher then. It's so low right now. It's, what is it, uh, still after, before this game, it was 12.9%, lowest of his career. Uh, his best season in Brooklyn, it was at 43%, two years in a row. Like twelve point nine percent to forty three percent. Like that that's a big difference. And so he's just not getting to the line. He thinks it's because of the calls he's getting. Hopefully he thinks hopefully this monologue will help him. The monologue that we shared earlier. But if he can get that going, then the Mavericks will be in really good shape because they need him to to get some easy buckets here and there. But he was great other other than getting to the line, he was great in this game. He played almost he played just about thirty eight minutes. Um Christian Wood. I thought I had some decent moments we talked about earlier. He hit 13 points off the bench. He had a steal. He had a block. A, the steal that led to the, the fast break dunk. He was great. Josh Green. Josh Green mid-game got a highlight package. <laughs> mid-game, there's a stoppage of play, and they put a highlight package of all the good stuff Josh Green had done. He hit a three in the corner where Maxi was right under the rim and could have dunked it and decided instead to kick it out to Josh Green for a three, and he hit that three. Uh, he had his... His Memorial Josh Green offensive rebound that he got that that added another possession to the Mavericks. He got an awesome steal, and that turned into a dunk. Uh, he had seven points overall. A great game. He got 20 minutes, so we're now one, two, five games in a row that Josh Green's minutes have, have continued to rise. Great, love it. And Bullock only had to play 25 minutes because of that. So that's good. Dorian only played 30 minutes in this game. They're, they're limiting those guys' minutes, so they don't just have to play 40 like. 42 minutes every game, which is great. You love to see that from Josh Green. So lots of other stuff. Guys, some guys really struggled in this game. I mean, the offense was was, was cooking. The defense struggled a little bit. But Maxi, I thought, had a really rough game. He had just a bunch of, he had, what, three turnovers that were all, like, catch the ball in the wing. And then the Raptors defenders, their wingspan is so long. They close out on him. And he can't get the open threes that he, was, he has normally gotten. And so he had to like drive the lane and he's done that before and we've seen him do that. But when he drives the lane, he like stepped out of bounds or traveled or three times that happened in this game. And then he missed the only three he took. Uh, and then two other times he he, he uh, missed layups at the rim when he was driving off of closeouts. So he really struggled in that area of, of his game in this one. Reggie Bullock was 0-5 from three. He really struggled to shoot the ball. He didn't even get the one late. Um, Interesting subplot with him is that he used to take the technical free throws. That when a, the other team got a tech, so Nick Nurse gets a tech in this game. It used to be Reggie that would take the free throw if he's on the court. Now they're giving it to Luca, which is interesting subplot to watch. Um, other than that, Reggie had three steals on a block. So like, I mean, he was defending at a, at a good rate. Dorian struggled with with Siakam. <laughs> Siakam had 18 points in the game. Um, I think 17 of them were in the first half. So he came back and he he adjusted a little bit better. Um, and Dorian adjusted a little bit better in the third quarter. But yeah, Siakam was 7-12 with 17 points at halftime. Just Dorian was really struggling because he can stay in front of him all day. It's just that Siakam's release point is so high because he's so big, so long, and can shoot from pretty much anywhere on the court now at this point in his career that uh, it's really hard to guard him. It's, it's, he's doing a really great job. He's just having a great season. Um, Dorian did his best, but he just, couldn't, he just couldn't stop him from where he was. So great game for the Mavericks. Hopefully they can keep winning games like this, but hopefully they'll they'll hold on to leads better in the fourth quarter. So we'll be back on Monday breaking all that down, talking about what else the Mavericks can do, and uh, go check out another Lockdown podcast. Lockdown NBA did it on Friday with Adam Mares. Great stuff talking about the games that happened in the league and not the Kyrie stuff or the Miles Bridges stuff or anything like that. So go check it out. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!